What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Keisha King Show. Today, I have a very special guest. Uh, she and her husband of 15 years live in Utah with their three children and she is the content specialist for Utah Parents United. She seeks to expose the sinister agenda behind social emotional learning for uh, some of us know it as SEL uh, behind those programs. So she can help save the hearts and minds of our children and the next generation. Welcome Lisa Logan, everyone. Thank you so much for having me, Keisha. So glad to be here. I am so happy to talk to you. So I guess we should tell everyone we have like, you know, a secret girl. Cr well, I certainly have a girl crush on you. Um, oh, <laughs> I feel the same about you. <laughs> Thank you. We yeah. met in DC and we had just some really good talks. Um, mm -hmm sort of away from everybody behind the scenes, just kind of like, almost like in our jammies, braiding our hair, <laughs> you yep. know, just the way to do it. Right. You know, just bonding as mm -hmm. uh, parents, as mothers concerned about our children. Mm -hmm. And I am so excited to talk to you just like I was excited to talk to you then and even, you know, just meet you and find out all the wonderful things that you're doing. Um, in Utah and around the country. So please, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, what you got going on. Well, you know, it's funny, before the show, you know, it's real life, right? We're running around trying to get our kids to school and figure out Christmas parties for today. And I'm sure by the time you, your audience views this, it'll be way past Christmas. But, yeah. <laughs> but really, I, we're just moms. And that's the thing. I'm, I'm just a mom. And, uh, you know, I think all moms and all parents in general should be really interested in what's going on in their child's education. And I started to go to board meetings and think about what's on the agenda and what are they talking about and what kind of programs are they implementing at our child's school? And that's kind of how I got involved in all of this. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I am just a regular parent, uh, mm -hmm. but uh, my whole world's been kind of flipped upside down with this stuff. And, uh, I never thought if you would have asked me six months ago um, if I'd be doing podcasts or I'd be on television or any of that stuff, I would have said, like, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> um, but it just so happens, you know, um, you know, I'm not a super religious person, but I believe in God and I believe God gives you skills. And um, I've been in kind of an investigative journalist my whole life. I mean, I'll, I'll study silly things like 
I know all about the O.J. Simpson trial. I know all about the JFK assassination, yeah. um, but I dig deep. And so <laughs> and we'll talk later. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if I know who did it um, in any of those cases. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, so really when, when social emotional learning and and um, the stuff behind it came across my lap and I started digging, uh, I just got more and more and more concerned. Uh, and it, it's kind of like a big wake up call, right? You kind of go along in your life and you think everything's cool. And then you're like, what a second, what's going on here in our education system? Right. And so uh, what kind of tipped me off, Keisha, was that in the agenda, there was two words, um, implicit bias and microaggressions. And I kind of, you know, I'm a podcast listener. So I listen to a lot of podcasts mm -hmm. and I was like, well, I kind of know those two terms are associated with like critical race theory tenants. You know, the, mm -hmm. the fact that people believe implicit bias is the belief that if you're white and you um, exist in this system that they believe is racist, um, that you're automatically uh, want to keep that status quo and mm -hmm. are uh, racist toward people of color and microaggressions isn't like, you know, saying, um, gosh, well, you're really articulate. And they, you know, people start to think, well, if they're a person of color, uh, well, what do you mean? I'm not articulate. You know, I wouldn't be articulate, you know, <laughs> because I'm so it's all these different little things that, that, um, you know, kind of baked into the whole critical race theory narrative. Yeah. And so when I figured out that they had started this program at my, my children's district, um, that was called Second Step. I started digging in, and the first thing I saw was this transformative social emotional learning they talked about on their website. They had this anti bias and anti racial uh, page on their website. Mm -hmm. and I was like, well, what's this and what's Castle? Um, so it kind of started me down this road of looking yeah. at social emotional learning, what the agenda was behind it. Um, and it is much more sinister and scary than I ever thought it could be. Yeah, for sure. I remember when you did your presentation, I thought it was honestly one of the best that I had seen because it was so, you know, you, 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 when you're in this space, you hear these terms like all the time, you see presentations, you hear people talk about it all the time, you listen to podcasts, but yours had you, I had, I was learning new things and I was like, oh my gosh, like, um, <laughs> This is really terrible. And I mean, it's it's always like that. We know mm -hmm. it's bad. The more you dig, it's worse than what you think it is. And so I really appreciate, you know, that that God-given talent of, of, you know, you wanting to dig and investigate and, you know, figure out what's going on. Um, thank God for people like you who who have taken the time to really dig into these things. Um I wanted to uh, talk about briefly, you know, we, we, when we were talking earlier, you know, we're like running around behind the scenes. We are, you know, we have, we do, we have children, we have, we are, you know, wives, we are, you know, we don't have nannies, you know, we're real moms. If there's like snot and, and all <laughs> kinds of, you know, mommy, I don't feel good and stomach aches mm -hmm. and all those things like, you know, we're, we're wiping noses and we're giving Tylenol and we're trying to, you know, we're trying oh, no. to, really, you know, yeah. <laughs> yes, you know, and so when, when people call us, um, you know, they're like, they're not real parents. It's so insulting. It's like, mm -hmm. excuse me, you know, coming from people who probably have like nannies and au pairs or something, so crazy, you know, right. so it's, it's just a little annoying sometimes, 
But um, back to your work. So when you started to speak up at the board meetings, like what was the response from the board? What was the response from other parents? Like, can you share some details on that? I was kind of a lone ranger at first, Keisha. I was like, where are the other parents? Where did they go? <laughs> Isn't anybody else at this board meeting? It was like crickets. Um, so, so did you like look around and like everybody left the room? I was like, okay, there's the people that's going to talk after me about whatever they're going to do here in the district. But you know, where are the parents at? Um, and that's, I mean, honestly, that's you the know that's really quick. About do what you you're saying, though, like those, um, it's like a. It, it, they do it in movies sometimes. They're like, yeah, and we're going to fight and we're going to do this. And then slowly, like as you start naming everything you're going to do, like people just start walking away. You're like, oh. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, and I was just saying that's, that's the beauty of this this whole thing that's going on. Right. I mean, it's not just and I will tell you what, what I've been saying in the board meetings. But but when I started, there was there was hardly anybody. And the the beauty about this movement that's going on right now is that parents are waking up. And parents are showing, I mean, at one board meeting, a couple board meetings ago, we had the whole boardroom filled and we had two overflow rooms. Nice. I mean, that is like unprecedented, right? People don't see that. And this is, this is like parent involvement to a new level. Um, but really because we're concerned about our babies, right? We're That's concerned right. about their future. And so when I started coming, um, it was just to get them back into school. Um, mm -hmm. honestly, uh, and there was a there was a huge movement around that, but I think uh, that kind of was what awakened parents, right? The fact that they were home and quarantined, and they got to see yeah. what their kids were learning. Um, and so I was alone and the only person researching this um, for mm. a long time. I think maybe there was pockets of people across the nation. I found them, you know, through yeah. other parent yeah. organizations, but. Yeah. Uh, I started bringing up the fact of of Castle, right? So Castle is the organization that sets the five core competencies that all SEL programs are measured against, right? So they're mm -hmm. like the, the gold standard. And mm -hmm. they basically rank SEL programs based on kind of the boxes they tick in, in what they want to um, do with SEL. And so in 2020, amidst the pandemic and the racial riots and everything else, they kind of quietly updated their standards mm -hmm. and said, okay, well, now we want to have transformative social emotional learning, which is social emotional mm -hmm. learning done through an equity lens. And they're white papers for the last few years, and they've been basically kind of cooking this up for a while. Um, mm -hmm. But they had this initiative from 2019 to 2021 that they wanted to start building this um, racial equity lens in their social mm -hmm. emotional learning. And that would be the whole purpose of SEL. And so their white papers sound like the Communist Manifesto. They talk about wealth and whiteness and dominant U.S. culture. And I mean, it's just, it, you know, of course, all of the critical race theory concepts you hear, right? Systemic racism, everything yep. built to hold down people of color. Mm -hmm. And this is what they wanted to accomplish. And you think, oh, SEL, um, and this is what makes it a perfect Trojan horse for this stuff, is that SEL is meant to teach kids things like empathy and perspective taking and goal setting and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, so parents are like, great. Those are skills I totally want my kids to learn. Right, right. The school's going to teach them that for me. And I'm just right. going to, well, you know, um, mm. I'm a parent and I should be teaching my kid these things, but great. The school Absolutely. will supplement them. Um, but no, that's not what this is about. This is about teaching your kid um, that they have power and privilege um, mm -hmm. that 
they should um, have, you know, advocate and um, be social justice activists for particular ideologies. Yep. And so it goes far beyond just, oh, be kind to people who are different than you. It's right. like, you, know, you have to accept if there's more than two genders and you have to call people by their pronouns and you have to right. do all of these things, even if maybe you don't personally believe in those things, maybe you have come from a religious culture or whatever, um, but really they want to teach your kids these things in the classroom. Yeah, you know, that is so true. I think a lot of people think that, oh, it's just something that they're teaching the kids. It's not really something that they're trying to make them do. And I think that's the part that a lot of parents miss. They Parents know that it, when they hear what this stuff is, they know it's bad. They many times I think they assume that that's not really it's that's somebody else's school, that's somebody else's mm -hmm. kid. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I think that many of us miss um, is the activist portion of Marxism, the activist mm -hmm. portion of critical race theory or right. queer theory or mm -hmm. all of this stuff is it is a it's not just and you know, Ibram X. Kendi says it all the time. Uh, Robin D'Angelo says this too. Mm -hmm. It's not enough for you to sort of know that there is racism. You have to actively do the work to tear down the racism, to tear down the system. And that part is where we get into some very, very dangerous territory. I mean, the ideas alone are dangerous, mm -hmm. but that is how they get pushed into society. That it, when, when they are actively doing the work to be a an anti-racist or you know whatever the term of the day is that is where in my opinion that's that's the stuff that we really have to be I don't want to say afraid because I am not afraid of these people mm -hmm. and but, but I think we have to really be concerned that's where to me the focus needs to be because that's the real part that's going to tear down society if it was just an idea or just you know, someone talking about something, that's one thing. But when you have people organized and strategically placed in these institutions and actively <laughs> turning your child into an activist, mm -hmm. that is a problem. I and <laughs> yeah, and I don't think that parents get that. I'm trying mm -hmm. to figure out <laughs> what is that tipping point that turns concerned parents into, you know, the activists against this stuff? Like, how do we, you know, make that turn for parents to get them to, to help them understand this is not just some idea. This is not just, um, you know what I mean? Like, what would be your um, advice to parents who are, you know, maybe thinking like, well, it's just an idea. Well, it's, you know, it's not my kid, somebody else's kid, you know, it's not really happening. What do you think? I think in my experience, um, and you probably remember this from my presentation um, for Freedom Works in DC. Uh, actually, a parent came up. A parent from a parent group came up to me afterwards, and she said, "Halfway through your presentation, I had to look down and play with my phone because the stuff you're talking about is so disturbing." Um, and what I was talking about that she was having such trouble with is the fact that they're going to use. The whole purpose of SEL, right, is to draw kids away from the ideals of their parents and their families mm -hmm. and to teach them what they think these 
they want them to learn as far as government instilled values, attitudes, and beliefs. And so not only are they teaching them this in school, but they're also assessing them. So, you know, you've heard of Panorama. It's been big in the news because attorney um, A.G. Garland's uh, son-in-law was a co-founder of that company. Well, they put out SEL assessments. And Mm -hmm. so they're having these kids taking surveys or assessments or whatever they call them, right? Every company calls them something different. Um, Basically, they're measuring your kids' values, attitudes, and beliefs. And if Mm -hmm. they don't line up with what they think they should be, um, there's going to be this score that follows them from preschool to age 20. And uh, when they talk about using SEL in the classroom, they're they're trying to say they're going to build this emotionally intelligent workforce of the future. Um, and this really kind of goes into, okay, well, if we're going to be measuring these skills and these are going to be the, the things they're going to um, hire on, right? These soft skills, how empathetic are you? How inclusive are you? Um, mm. That's a scary thought because if your child has religious beliefs because they grew up in a family with religious beliefs mm-hmm. and they don't believe there are more than two genders, what's going to yeah. happen to their social emotional score? Is it going to go down? Right. Um, are they going to be able to get into college? Are they going to be able mm. to get a job? And I right. think that's where you get parents involved as they start thinking, whoa, wait a second. Um, they're going to be putting them in a box, right? You have to think mm. or believe this way. Otherwise, you can't be a functioning member of society. Wow. That is, um, I think that's a good point. I, I think maybe um, I'm asking these questions because I want to f- figure out better ways to get parents, you know, more um activated into this and more involved. And so, you know, so when they look back, they're not saying, gosh, you know, the country, you know, we're all, the country's gone and you're thinking you, you have all this regret because you're like, I could have did, done something and I didn't. And so um, I, I think that's something that I, I'll implement, you know, when, when I, when I'm talk, having these talks is the idea that we want to tell, uh, we want to, we want to tell parents and uh, uh, kids at certain ages, it's not just about what's, you know, that you're just filling out a piece of paper, basically. You're not Mm -hmm. just filling out a survey, but this is to program you for Mm -hmm. your future. This is to cast, possibly, probably cast you out of society. Hopefully that will, you know, like click with parents, uh, just like that woman said, you know, cause it does, it's, it is heavy. It's a heavy thing to talk about, you know, when you're talking and you know, this, like you're talking about this stuff all the time, it can like wear on you. It can wear on your spirit. And you, you know, she's hearing about it for the first time and you, you know, you talk about this stuff day in and day out. <laughs> you know, She's like, Oh, I don't want to deal with this. I just want to look at my phone. But, you know, I think, we have to keep talking about it so parents can um, get to that point and say, no more, no more. I, I can't, I, I can no longer sit back. This is going to affect my child's ability to have a productive life. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not going to be able to function in society. Right. Um, have you ever seen that show, um, The Handmaid's Tale? No. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it's a show about this. It's like two, the the country has like split. So it starts in America, but the country has like split in half. And they have, there's this group of people, funny enough, they are the sort of conservative ones. Mm -hmm. And they, 
basically take these handmaids and make them have sex with the commanders to make children because the world had be had become uh, or the the country um had stopped basically having children and so they take they captivate they, they capture these women and put them into it's, it's like slavery and they have to you know bear children from the for the commanders and <laughs> i know that's like really extreme but when I'm watching this, I'm like, they they try to make it like people promote it. Like that's the agenda of like a conservative. But I'm like, you have no idea. That's actually mm -hmm. the, it may not be to bear children, but it will be to cast out certain groups of society. It mm -hmm. will be to the, the state, the commanders will have control over what you and your children um, are able to do, how, how you can function in society. Well, we're so, seeing that right now. We're seeing that right now, Keisha. We're seeing that exactly. with the vaccinated versus unvaccinated. We're going to like have separate exactly. bathrooms or separate. I mean, you can't do this or you can't do that. I mean, we're putting to get people in this other category. Um, we see that with cancel culture. I mean, this yep. is this is our society now. If you don't if you don't um, belong to the mainstream beliefs, then they're trying to to oust you out of yep. society. Yeah, it's even like um, with the affirming and you 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 kind of touched on this before. If you don't say, you know, it's like, okay, it's one thing to say, okay, someone feels that they're trans. Personally, I think that is an adult decision when you're talking mm -hmm. about taking hormones, things that will permanently change your body. That's an adult decision. I don't think children should have, you know, should be making that choice. But if you're an adult and you want to do that, okay, fine. But it's like, you have to affirm the child. We have mm -hmm. in Duval County this thing called the, um, the LGBTQ support guide. And the thing that's most, one of the things that's most disturbing on this guide, on the bottom, it says every classroom, every student, every child, every day. And student is in the rainbow uh, colors. And it's so the agenda is to push this into every classroom, every every school, every student, every day. I'm like, my God, if y'all could be that uh, determined on math and science and reading, like maybe, you know, if you guys could have that same zeal for math, right. it, it would be, be much right. better, right? Right, the right. It would go way up. <laughs> You know, can we teach the kids to read? Like, can can you have that much compassion for reading? Right. But it's like they demand mm -hmm. that you affirm. They demand that you fall. You know, you you come into agreement with these, with 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 basically nothing. And I say basically nothing because the critical race theory, queer theory, all of, they want to strip away from you foundational truths. It's it's this um, postmodern thinking. What do you really know? Like all of like these things come from the majority of society. So how does that make it? You know. So therefore, it's wrong. You know. So what right. do you really know? Is that shirt really black? You know. <laughs> but, well, it's like yeah, they're they're blurring the lines with reality, right? I mean. I mean, that's, and that's, what I try to explain to people because I think people get lost in the weeds, right? With mm -hmm. ugh, critical race theory and gender theory, like Marxism, yeah. what does it all mean? Yeah. What is it, how does it apply um, to what's going on right now? And I think like what you're talking about is exactly it, right? It's, it's that everything is a social construct, 
right? Mm -hmm. For the for the Marxists, it's class. For the gender yeah. theorists, it's gender. And for the critical race theorists, it's race. And whatever these social constructs are, basically things that are made up by society, those are used to oppress certain types of people. Mm -hmm. And so if you can get people to question objective reality, then nothing's real, right? What, like you're saying, what is knowledge? What is right. truth? Yeah. Um, Vody Bakum, he's like, it's, uh, he says it's like an ethnic Gnosticism. So if I think I have this right, but not when you're Gnosticism is like to know something, right? Is that right? I think so. <laughs> I probably shouldn't bring it up if I don't know what I'm talking about, but I think I'm right on that. I think it's like, but he's saying, the point is, is you have to, in order to know these things, you have to be in the right mm. ethnic group or the right oppressor, oppressor yeah. group. You know what I mean? And it's, and because they have made up, now they have, you know what the funny thing is? And I just thought about this. They have been saying that, you know, if you are in the majority of the society, you're basically you're wrong for even existing and thinking and doing and being in, in the world. But they are create they are doing the exact same thing. So they're they're now creating their own definitions, their own uh, ways to uh, be and exist in the world. But they're not based in reality, like you just said. Mm -hmm. And can you imagine if we have a generation of children who have no foundation of what is real. I mean, that is untenable. That is psychotic. Well, yeah. And this is the thing. It's it's like, what what is our breaking point, right? Where, well, okay, um, okay, um, guys or girls are believing they're the opposite gender. And then we have this whole new thing now called furries, right? Well, now they're, now they're yeah. animals. And mm -hmm. now um, I've heard there's even a thing now where, where children are being plants. And you're like, where do we draw the line? Um, and I think this is where it gets scary, right? Because then um, you think, well, could an older older man, maybe who's a pedophile, identify as a younger man and say, but I identify as a young man, you know, therefore what I'm doing is not against the law. And and I think this is where we like, okay, where are we going to stop? Where, where are we going to say enough is enough and we right. need to base this upon fact and nature. And, you know, it's funny, they, they proclaim, all these people proclaim to be the, the party of science, you know, right. and you believe science, but yeah. then you're like, wait a second. Like one of the fundamental truths is you're born with a certain set of assets, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's what you're born with. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, can you really fundamentally change your chromosome too? Like, can you, right. can you really change your chromosome? You can change everything on the outside, right. To make it look like you're a certain way, mm -hmm. but in essence, are you a different gender than you really are? Right. It's so great. So I was having um, this conversation. I was on a Fox soul and there were, we were talking about trans uh, transgender in sports and um I kept going back to the the fact that biological men are stronger than biological mm -hmm. women. Yeah. You, you can do the whole hormone suppression thing. The fact still remains that you are a biological man or woman. And I, I am surprised that more women aren't speaking up about this because... Mm -hmm. As a woman, you know, being a woman is much more than having breasts and certain mm -hmm. body parts. 
and you know, like long hair or you know, eyelashes or whatever, for for people to just put on the outside stuff and not know <laughs> what it really is to be a woman, because mm -hmm. all, you can take it on or put it off, but that, it doesn't make you. It doesn't make you a woman. And I, it's it's so perplexing to me after everything that you know, all of this Me Too stuff and the patriarchy and all of this stuff, and then now you have biological men that are taking, literally taking the title and saying, "Oh yes, I'm a woman now." You must and you must tell me so. You must call me ma'am. Right. I am really surprised that more women aren't um, speaking up about this. Do you think it's like a fear? Do you think it's like, what do you think about that? I think so. I think in the culture we live in today, everyone wants to be, it's, it's in the name of being nice and accepting and, and, mm -hmm. um, you know, not wanting people to feel like they're outcasts in society. No one wants to, no one wants, no one would want their kid. I mean, that, that person is someone's yeah. kid. Right. But at sure. the same time, uh, we are undoing decades of work, um, to get, women's rights. I mean, I'm surprised more of the feminists aren't speaking out against right. this. Like, there are a few, um, because Naomi Wolf, who, who's kind of been speaking out against this lately, but I mean, really we're like when women's sports, especially, you know, they, they're taking the titles away from these women that have worked so hard to get these high ranking titles, like in this recent swimming thing that happened yeah. right, where, where for years they've been fighting to get these, you know, really fast times. And in one afternoon, a male who identifies as a female took it all away. And I think we have to either, I mean, and, and I think there's ways to help these people exist in society and still have their own rights as well, but we shouldn't yeah. be, it's just like with Marxism, right? You're taking away to, to, to make things even, right? Mm -hmm. They want to make equal outcomes. You're, you're always yeah. going to take away from someone else, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, that's not fair. Right. We live right. in the land of equal opportunity, but not equal outcomes. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's um, exactly why we have our Constitution, because it, it's built on the idea that you are allowed to exist in, in however you ex want to, as long as it doesn't. Uh, uh, infringe on your rights. Right? Yeah. And yeah. Thank you. Infringe on my rights. And. They, they, that's probably why they don't like America and they don't like that because that is a funda that's that fundamentally rejects their whole premise. Their whole idea is that no, you will, you have to, you, this will be forced upon you. So you, it is, there is no longer, um, your, how you want to live and how you have your property and your, you and yourself and you as an individual and me as an individual that can't exist under Marxism. It can't. It can't exist no. under this woke theology. It can't exist under these um, any of these critical theories. And so I think that um, that's an that's a really interesting point that it 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 it, it chomps it bites right at their foundation. That because America is totally antithetical to their entire. Um, movement. Mm -hmm. You know, it is why America exists. You know, we've seen what Marxism has done, you know, long before America came. We 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 know what uh these ideas can do. 
And so, you know, it, it's just, it's really fascinating that people, I, and I, I was telling you before, you know, there uh, on Twitter, there was a woman um, kind of making fun of, you know, Moms for Liberty and parents who like us, like, oh, you guys are so crazy. Like, oh my gosh, America's never going to be communist. It's like, girl, if you don't wake up, mm -hmm. like we are speeding to communism in like, in not going north. Like, yeah. Like yeah. Speed. High speed. And, and that's the thing. I think, um, you know, and, and people try to paint us as hating other groups or whatever. I think, like you're saying, I think we it's all about keeping our rights um, and, and it's kind of swinging it back to SEL and kind of what I'm doing with that. I mean, the way to get parents to agree on this, right, I think we all believe that we have rights mm -hmm. to raise our children how we see fit, yeah, right? Yeah. So regardless of what side you are on, right, um, of any issue, right? You wouldn't want your, if you were on the left and, or if you were an atheist, you want, you wouldn't want children coming to school and learning about God because mm -hmm. you'd be like, that's my job to right. teach them about God or teach yeah. them that there isn't a God or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, if you, um, believed in, uh, I don't know, whatever, right? Like right. You, you want, you want, you want to have the responsibility to teach your kids values yeah. and beliefs. And, um, I think the way to get people to unite around some of these issues is to say, you know what, like you're a parent and you have the right to raise your kid as you see fit. And it shouldn't be someone else making the definitions and telling your kid that they should believe X, Y, and Z because right. um, that's not their responsibility at school. Right. Yeah. hundred um, percent. In one of your slides, you had, um, I think his name is Yuri. Is it Yuri? Yeah. Do you remember the quote offhand uh, or the the that slide? Um, well, basically, it's um, so he warned America. This is like back in the eighties, Keisha. This is like yeah. a really, really long time ago. He did an interview. He was a KGB defector, so mm -hmm. he came over here and basically was telling us, "Here is how the Russians are trying to take over your country," right? <laughs> Which is kind of scary if you think about it. Um, but basically, he said, and this was again early 1980s, and we're now living in 2021, almost 2022, mm -hmm. is that basically the communists weren't going to be taking over America through like physical warfare, but through ideological warfare, which would be yep. called ideological subversion. Right. So basically what they would do is they would send people over here and get them involved in the education system. And then they would teach generations of children in the communist Marxist Leninist ideology. And if you do that for enough generations, you can take over a country. Yep. And this is what we're seeing. This is what we're seeing right now. He also amazingly talked about how they would use a crisis to do it. And here we are after COVID. Um, I think a lot of us, when you're in crisis mode, you're not really thinking critically about what's going on. And, right. um, I think a lot of us kind of had our eyes closed to all the different ways they were sneaking this stuff in in 2020. And now we're seeing Yeah. That. Yeah, absolutely. Pro you know, if if he saw it back in the 80s mm -hmm. and these people were now the children at that time were now had graduated from these institutions. Mm -hmm. We're now teaching yeah. children. So we're it's 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 old to them. But it's it's new to us, so yeah. they've been at this for a long time, and that he he could see it then, the psychological 
um, warfare that was going on. And I don't think we even realize as a country um, how, how lacking our education system was. Because even then, even in the 80s and the 70s, we should have been able to see, um, to think critically enough um, to stop this to say, wait a minute, like, no, this is this is wrong. Like, why are we saying this? But I think our education system had long been, you know, sort of being dumbed down over the years mm-hmm. where, you know, uh, children were not, they we, we just were not getting the type of education that we, we thought our kids were getting. You know, I think a lot of times we, um, Americans, we, we have, you know, prided ourselves on, you know, our, the greatness of our country, which it is, mm-hmm. um, and sort of glossed over the, the areas that mm-hmm. needed much more work. And we didn't pay enough attention to our education system, which was like the most important thing that you could, uh, you know, you're, it's, it's, I think you have a quote too, uh, by Hitler in your uh, presentation when he talks about, is it, is it about educating the children or just... Um... So you said he who owns the youth owns the future. Mm. Um, and, yeah. you know, interestingly enough, by 1939, 90% of the Hitler youth were part of the Hitler Youth Organization. And that was a way not only to draw them away from their families and to teach them all day long, which what our, yep. what our school does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but also to to get their ideology into the family unit because... And that's, and that's really the thing. Um, at the end of every presentation, I always say... Focus on your family because yeah. the family is the thing that'll prevent your children from getting indoctrinated into a lot of these ideologies. Because if you're close to your kids and you're talking to them about this stuff and they, you know, we, we use the dinner table to talk about stuff like socialism and capitalism and free market yeah. system and, and this and that. And um, sometimes my kids are the best um, kind of tattletales on what's going on in the, at school. You oh, know, yes. mom, there's an LGBTQ inclusion blog, even though it's written that there's only supposed to be American flags at school um, mm-hmm. in my classroom or um, gosh, I had this, this lesson and it talked about privilege or power. Um, so it's, it's interesting, but, but really the kids, the kids' minds are so plastic and they're so easily manipulated at certain stages of their life, right? When yeah. they're young um, and they're in our care, right? The first five years are so important. It's really where a lot of their social emotional learning skills are formed. And then when they're teenagers, they kind of are a little bit more moldable as well. And so this is where you're saying they're really kind of hitting them hard with these ideologies in in high school and kind of late middle school. Yeah. So how old are your children? Remind me. Eight, 11, and 14. Okay. So mine are 15 and 13. How are your kids, um, besides being like little you know, your, your undercover investigators, which I love. I think that's fantastic. I'm like, well, yeah, let's recruit them, recruit them all. <laughs> how are they handling it? Like, how are they, what do they think about all this stuff that's going on in schools and the country? Or are they just kind of like, oh my God, I'm so sick of it. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes like, mom, can we talk about something else? I have to actively, you know, well, and I ask them about their days and I, you know, they're always kind of, I think especially the the teenager, he's worried that I'm going to cause too much trouble for him at school. He's a freshman and, yeah. um, you know, they don't want to be embarrassed by their parent make, making a right. stink at school. But I think yeah. overall, um, they know what I'm doing. Um, mm-hmm. I think they're really proud of what I'm doing because they understand yeah. I'm fighting for them and for their future. 
Um, I think one of the greatest moments we had over the summer was right before school started. um, And our health department was trying to put another mask mandate in place. And I had, we had fought so hard to get it taken out in the first place. Yeah. And uh, we had shown up to one of the County council meetings and my, um, my eight-year-old, um, she had been suffering major anxiety at school because mm-hmm. of the masks, wearing the masks. So like really, yeah. and, and you see this a lot with the kids who are wearing the masks. It, and yeah. I think I even kind of have more anxiety when I wear a mask and I'm out in yeah. public. Um, just cause you, you know, your brain kind of is like, I can't, if you wear it for too long, you're like, I can't breathe, you know, like it feels Ooh. weird on your face. You're not used yeah. to it. And so by the end of last year's school session, she some days was hiding under her desk. Um, having like panic attacks Mm. and it's so sad um, to hear that your child's going through that at school. And, you know, she kind of had a little break from the mass. It was like the end of summer and we went to this County council meeting and I was trying to show them how they were kind of padding the numbers of what the percentage of um, people were that had COVID in the, in the hospitals, especially when it came to kids. Yeah. And she came with me one day and she's like, mommy, I want to go up there and talk to those County council members. It was during the public comment session. Yeah. And I was like thinking to myself how much anxiety she was having. I'm like, honey, you, you don't have to do that. Like I'm taking yeah. with you because I have to, cause you, you like, you have to watch you. Right. You, know, you, you don't have to go up there. Um, and I wasn't even actually planning to speak that day. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, no, I want to. And wow. my brave little girl who was suffering panic attacks went up there and was like, it's hard not seeing people's faces at school and I can't see them smile at me. And, um, you know, this is hard. Like it's my baby. Um, yeah. She was saying how, um, you know, you know, she's like carbon dioxide is for trees. And she's like, we're breathing our own carbon dioxide. And I was like, wow, Mm. it's funny. Like she must listen to my conversations when I'm on the phone or whatever. And, you know, of course, you know, the haters were like, oh, she prepped her child. And I was like, you don't even know. I was trying to get her not to go up there. Right. Um, and, and when when the county council finally did vote out that mask mandate, they overturned mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. My kids were there holding signs um, wow. saying, let me breathe. And mm-hmm. the crowd saying the Star Spangled Banner. And you could just tell, like, my kids had a moment. And, and it's a blessing and a curse, right? This, what we're going through right now with, with our um, liberties being infringed upon. Yeah. Um, it's hard that we have to fight for them, but it's so good for our kids to see that freedom isn't free. Right. And mm-hmm. freedom, have to, we have to fight for our freedom. And we have, we have okay. a civic responsibility to know what's going on in yes. our cities and our towns and, and to, to speak up when we feel like something's wrong. So, yeah. um. Wow. Anyways, yeah, I think they're proud. They're proud of what I'm doing. And I think they even my 14 year old, even though sometimes he's embarrassed, he's like, mom, I yeah. know when you're old and, and too tired to do this stuff, he's like, I'm going to take over for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so sweet. Well, God bless you and your children. That is so awesome. Uh, that's so touching. You know, um, my youngest, when I told her that, you know, they weren't going to have to wear a mask, no. she goes, Oh my God, mommy, I can be free. Oh, I just, I yeah. love that. I mean, it, it's, I don't this think we, Keisha, at the end of the day, we are just moms who care about our kids. Right. Yeah. Gosh. You know, it's, it's in the hustle and bustle of, of it all, even before, you know, 
we, we, we got into this work and, you know, I think sometimes you can forget, you know, what it's like as a child going through all of this stuff, like not, you know, the whole COVID thing, you know, you, we don't, we, we haven't paid it. I don't think we've paid attention enough. Like some of these kids are some of these stories that I hear uh, children going through, like your daughter, you know, hiding under a desk and, you know, you, you see children who are being like bullied by teachers being called all kinds of names by teachers because they're not, they're not wearing the mask properly or they don't want to wear the mask or they're complaining about the mask or whatever it is. It is, you know, people have just gotten psychotic with this, these ideas. It's too much. And I, I, I implore all parents to, you know, even if you want your child to wear a mask, okay, let's just say you want your child to wear a mask. You might want your child to wear a mask, but you clearly don't want them to have some type of mental illness. You don't want them to have some type of mental breakdown. Talk to your kids, like pay attention to them. Make sure that they're okay. Because along with, um, you know, making sure we don't have a Marxist generation, next generation, we don't, we start, we don't also want children to be, you know, mentally um, impaired, you know, by something that could have been prevented. Absolutely. So, yeah. Right. Well, and that's, that's the argument too, with the social emotional learning, right? Um, it's not just the fact they're trying to indoctrinate your kids. I mean, cause that's, that's bad too. Right. But, but they're, they're asking them to share really sensitive information at school. Mm. And these teachers are not therapists. Um, right. They're not trained therapists. I mean, at the end of the day, that's the truth. Um, and then on top of that, they're getting to hyper them to hyper focus on how they feel and their emotions. And I think over time that creates a real, I mean, we have enough things in our society, right? Social media that creates this like narcissistic right. society, right? Where they're like videoing every moment that they're having right. on Snapchat and yeah. Instagram, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but then to have them hyper focus at school on their emotions and really they should just be, um, you know, it's funny where they, they say they're trying to teach them grit and perseverance, but that's, that doesn't teach them grit and perseverance. That teaches yeah. them to feel helpless and to always right. be turning in instead of turning out right. and looking at the world and being grateful for what they have. And, mm. um, and granted, you know, there are kids that really have troubled home lives and need extra support. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and this is really what you're talking about. Parents should have the choice. Right. Yeah. Parents should have a choice of whether or not their kids should wear a mask. Parents should have a choice whether or not their kids can be vaccinated. That's Parents right. should have a choice on whether or not their their kids should learn government values, attitudes, and beliefs, um, right. or their own family beliefs. Yeah. And so, really, I think um, when we talk about parent choice in education, um, this is what we're talking about, right? Having the choice right. to 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 live in your world and keep your freedoms and know where your lane is, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you do. You're, you're absolutely right. I think many people got confused as to what we were really saying. We, you know, if you want to do that for your family and that's good, that that's your, that's your constitutional right. Mm -hmm. All we wanted was a choice because everything is not good for everyone, you know, and for people who claim to be, you know, the liberals are the, you know, the ones for choice, they certainly did not like when we wanted to have our own choice. It was so baffling that, you know, they were trying to make a lot of parents seem like we were, um, 
you know, we wanted to mandate our beliefs onto them. And we, when we were just at, we, all we wanted was a choice to make our own decisions for our own lives, which should not even be a question. You know, we have that right under the constitution to do that. And so they use that a lot of times to demonize parents who knew that that was not good for their, their uh, child. It was not in the best interest of themselves, um, which their children are an extension of themselves. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's so upsetting to see where America has gone. You know, this beacon, so many people have seen America as a beacon of hope, as an escape from communism, as an escape from Marxism, as an escape um, from tyranny. And you hear so many people from like Cuba, Venezuela, who are Cuban Americans, Venezuelan Americans, who have chosen to make this nation their homeland and are speaking up too because they cannot believe that when they turn on the TV, it sounds like what they fled. Yeah. That's and they recognize, they see what's going on. Um, I had a friend tell me her husband's from Cuba mm -hmm. and um, she's not, she's like a redheaded, like a freckled girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but her husband's from Cuba and her husband and her brother um, kind of are on two different sides of the political spectrum. Mm -hmm. But when election night came and they stopped counting the votes in the middle of it, the brothers called each other and were like, whoa, 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 this happens in Cuba. And this is usually when sneaky stuff's going on in the election. Mm. Um, and then, and then actually, you know, you mentioned Yuri Bezmanov of all people. Um, and he actually said in that same interview, he said, you know, we have to be, be careful of this and watch out for this stuff coming in because America is the last stop basically. Like if, if we lose America, there's nowhere else to go. Where do we like, go? Where, where are these people going to flee to? Where are we going to flee to? Right. And you see all these stuff happening in, in Germany and yeah. um, Australia and New Zealand. And you're like, what, what's going on here? Yeah. I mean, that's a real question. If they get their way, what are we going to do? <laughs> where are we going to go? Where? You know, it is. It is. What's that? I said, I wish I knew. I know, right? It's I like, would start making plans. <laughs> I know. You know, we, 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 um, some people like make fun of the preppers and stuff like that, but it's like, you know, I think they're, I think they're on the right track. Yeah. yeah <laughs> better, what is it? Uh, better to have a, an ounce of prevention, prevention is better than a pound of cure. <laughs> so true. So right? We, we, we might want to take them a little bit, uh, more serious. So, Lisa, it, tell us about, um, uh, Utah Parents United. Did I get that right? Utah Parents United? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, um, you know, any, your social media, any links that you'd like to share, I'll, I'll make sure to place them, um, in the show notes and the, in the comment section, but please tell us, um, where people can find you. Well, I am on Twitter at, I am Lisa Logan. Uh, you can find a lot of my work about SCL on the utahparentsunited.org website. It's on utahparentsunited.org slash SEL for social emotional learning. Um, and I'm also on Facebook at Lisa Logan as well. And uh, it's a picture of a sunset with an American flag. Okay. Well, thank you so much. What are your next plans? Like what what do you what do you have coming up? Um, what can people be looking uh, forward to coming from you and Utah Parents United? 
Well, if you, obviously the legislative session's coming up, so we're really trying to educate legislators to focus on transparency mm -hmm. and um, curriculum. And so parents have a, we, we have a saying around here um, in our school district, the parents who are really rallying, we want the first look and the final say mm. in, in all things education, because really the, the parents are the primary stakeholders. So we got that legislation coming up. Um, my main goal is to make sure that parents understand the Trojan horse that social emotional learning is. I think people mm. all over the country are talking about critical race theory, and that's fine. Um, but if you don't a understand what critical race theory is and that, you know, of course, we're not teaching the actual legal theory, um, but all the tenets that underlie it um, are right. in the social emotional learning programs. And they're trying to teach your kids to be social justice activists. So I am trying to go on as many podcasts as possible. Yes. Um, trying to inform as many journalists as possible. I just had a press release come out. Um, that talked about our work in, in our school district that we actually got our social emotional learning program out because we showed them that it contained inappropriate sexual links and it contained, um, you know, tenants of critical race theory and it contained mm -hmm. all these things. We actually got our school district to vote it out. Um, so I'm actually have parents reaching out to Yay. me from across the nation. Thank you. That's awesome. Um, asking me because Second Step is one of the most widely used programs in the nation. It's like 25, 20 and a half million students um hear that program every year and mm -hmm. so just trying to educate people because really that's that's the next step we have to get parents riled up and ready to to activate and motivate um their communities so that, that it can happen all over the nation right yeah. where they're getting these programs out because it just stresses me when i open up the news and i see this another district implementing scl and another district implementing scl and i know that all of these kids are going to be indoctrinated and um, we're slowly seeing our country slip through our fingers. Yeah, you are so right. Thank you so, so much for everything that you're doing. It is really, truly making a difference. Um, I am so glad that we met and so glad to get to call you friend and um, we'll share whatever you have going on. So Thank you. Thank you for being bold and having the courage to do what you do, because it's not easy. Um, this is not an easy job. It is not um, it's not easy to take the hits that we do every day. Mm -hmm. So I applaud you and thank you so much for coming on mm -hmm. and sharing uh, more about you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, Keisha. I really appreciate it. And good luck to your new podcast. <laughs> thank you so much. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.